0: Though I have many vices, thankfully, gambling isn't one of them. Because evidently, I keep betting on the wrong ponies. Like Britney Spears is a goddess. She's just magical, wonderful, beautiful. If I could just be with her, everything would be alright. But I know I'm not good enough for her. I'd have to be a superstar, a prince even, to stand a chance but then she married some redneck hillbilly and bore two demon spawn of his. And then I shifted my attention to Hilary Duff, Queen Lizzie. Listen, I'll be a simp for Hilary Duff and Britney Spears, thank you very much. Why not, right? She's arguably even more gorgeous than Britney Spears. And even though she's from Houston, Texas, I feel like that's less of a backwater town than Kentwood, Louisiana. There's no way she's gonna get juked by some douchebag hillbilly and bear. Oh boy, he may not be a hillbilly, but he's a major douchebag. But she's a smart girl. There's no way lightning will strike twice. Oh man, seriously, it's a great thing I don't bet. I don't put my money where my mouth is. Another kid from another man, Hillary. Goodness gracious, girl, get it together. You don't need no man, you have your son. And a Lizzie McGuire reboot... Ah, uh, frack. You know what? Come to think of it, I think Brittany might actually be better. At least in the sense that I haven't had any expectations of her in about 20 years. But with Hilary Duff, it's just disappointment abound. Hillary, you're literally one child with another man... And a do-rag away from becoming some hood rat shit from ScareBro. But all joking aside, regardless of how Hillary has lived her life, and honestly, it's just it's just bad luck, right? Or bad judgment. It's not like Lindsay Lohan is a piece of shit, right? Like that's on her. Her lifestyle is gross, and that's on her. Sure, you can chalk some up to mental health issues and whatnot. But at the end of the day, when you're hoeing it up, that's your call at the end of the day. So Hilary Duff won that battle, won that war. She tried to be like the legit girl, you know? She tried to be what she was perceived as. It just she chose the wrong dude. And then years later, married some hipster douchebag personal trainer guy. I mean, at the end of the day, as great as she is, as sweet as she is... And as hard as she tries, at the end of the day, she's a good-looking girl. And good-looking women tend to have one thing in common. They like their douche nozzles, you know? But she means well. You know, she's trying to do it, you know, the old-fashioned, classic nuclear family. You know, wife, husband, and a bunch of kids. And even if I don't count the actress, I take the person, the musician, out of it, and I just focus on her work, her movies... To me, they're not her strong point. They're all teen movies, or at least the ones I've seen. They're all teen movies, and they're all all right. You know, I haven't gone back and watched any of these movies years and years later. But the music, the music is where she shines. And I don't care what anyone has to say, and people have a lot to say. I've been made fun of, laughed at, and straight up hated on for liking her music. And for the most part, I've been pretty unapologetic about it. I don't answer to these damn foos. I have to answer to myself each and every day. I have to look at that mirror. I have to live my life. What am I going to come home to and listen to a rap? Because everybody else listens to it? Goodness gracious. I think at that point, I'd definitely kill myself. Hilary Duff's music, as far as I'm concerned, is awesome. It's amazing. I love Hilary Duff's music. And much like Britney before her... And Taylor Swift after her for, for a while. I haven't bought the last, like, four albums or whatever. Because she makes... Swifty, I'm talking about. She makes, like, trap crap music at this point. But once upon a time, their music made me happy. And even re-listening to the Britney stuff in order to do the super mix last week. It was just good. And I have a lot of baggage, so I can't enjoy it as much. I can't enjoy anything as much as I used to. But listening to the Britney Spears stuff, I tried and I got close. And listening to the Hillary Duff stuff, I'm like, damn, this stuff is good. It's like pop music at its best. It sounds good, makes me feel good, a lot of it is relatable, and usually there's a nice message behind all of it. And you know what? It's helped me get through a lot of crap. It's helped me survive. It's helped me find strength within myself to keep going. And honestly, it might sound goofy or whatever, but why not even though it's like a teeny song? Every time I listen to it, it makes me get up and want to do something with my life. So what more can anyone ask of an artist? I think the problem is because she was successful young, she's pretty, she was a part of the Disney machine, so she gets a lot of flack for that. But you know what? The hell with what people think. I love Hillary Duff. And here's a taste of why I do. Here's the Kenny Ho Show, Hillary Duff Super Mix.
1: There's people talking. They talk about me. They know. Me.
0: Too chock full of Kenny goodness. I don't know. That sounded awfully positive. Doesn't really sound like me. Yeah, let's try that again. Too cream filled for one pastry. All right, I'm too fat. I'm always referring to delicious desserts. Way too stuffed for one bird. Again, that's that's a food analogy. Only savory instead of sweet. Too much venom for one episode. Yes, that's more like it. Too much shit-talking for one sitting. <laughs> yes, indeed. And too many teardrops for one guitar. Welcome to the Kenny Ho Show 300, part 2. It's showtime. It turns out episode 300 of The Kenny Ho Show comes in two parts. It was too big. That's not what she said. If I stuck with the original plan and kept everything in it, The Kenny Ho Show 300 would have been like four hours long. And I really did debate keeping it as one episode because... Sure, four hours seems like a long time, but I'm assuming... You know, during this home stretch before the end of the world... You got a couple hours on your hand. What are you really doing? Hearing from old Kenny for four hours might actually be a blessing. But I mean, if it's that bad, just do it. But don't be dramatic like Cutter Girl. She went with the grain along the wrist. If you really want to get the job done, you go against it... Right up your forearm, alright? Never mind how I know. As far as you should be concerned, I am the most normal, well-rounded, mentally stable, got-stuff-to-live-for dude you've ever come across. Now, before we go any further, I'm sure you've realized 300 Part 2 does not utilize the laugh track. Now, I've not been known to dabble with social experiments, mostly because I despise the social aspect of it. But I suppose there's a first time for everything. I'm banking on it, actually. Hopefully someday, I'll experience what love feels like. But since mama didn't raise no foo, I ain't holding my breath. And at least this social experiment, you don't have to talk to anybody, I don't have to talk to anybody, just see if you notice a difference between the episode that is more or less structured exactly the same. It's just one had a laugh track and the other doesn't. And since I came up with all the jokes, you figure the quality would be more or less the same. So the only difference will probably be whether a laugh track works or it doesn't. I know for me, it does work. But I'm not a very good litmus test. Why? Because... I'm very susceptible to anything that capitalizes on weakness. Any sort of weakness. I have them all. Don't think about it too much. Don't overthink it. Just hopefully by the end of the episode, you kind of have some idea of which way it went. Were you the type of person that was like, why, I want to laugh here, but there's no laugh track giving me permission to laugh. So I'm just going to stonewall it the whole time. Or were you, on the last episode, the type of person who's like, huh, he wants me to laugh. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. hmm. I doubt there are any sassy black chicks who listen to this show. On account that they're my natural enemy. Now I know a lot of people and a lot of industries are really suffering right now. And even though I know I'm supposed to say things like, you know, my heart goes out to them, I feel really bad, there's a very good chance I'm not a good person because I feel none of that. All I ever feel is self-loathing and anxiety. And like, crippling amounts of these things, so you'll have to forgive me if I don't give a rat's ass about some perfect stranger, okay? But I will say this, they should definitely consider taking a page out of old Kenny's playbook. The best way to cope with your problems? Well, maybe not the best way. I'm sure, like, seeking out professional help is the best way. But here's the thing. Turning your problems over to someone else, having someone else deal with your issues? That's the coward's way. Just distract yourself from your problems. When your mind's like, Alright, bud. It's time to have that serious talk. We need to face this head-on. You respond with, Shut up, foo! It's time for the mass dancer! I really need to know who the sloth is! Now, do you consider yourself a happy person? And if the answer is yes, my next question is, What's that like? What's it feel like to have your dreams come true? What's it feel like to be into a girl at school or at work or whatever, and then like three months down the line, you're on a date with her? And if you're like, horseshit, Kenny, three months, I got this thing done in three days. If that's you, listen, bud, you need to leave this show right now. Alpha males and I do not get along. I will be saying things about people like you that you're not going to like but I'm getting off track again. So what I meant to say was, what I was trying to talk about was, now, I don't consider myself a happy person, and I believe happiness is not in the cards for me. It's not like I lead a bad life, but I am a prisoner of my own mind. So it doesn't matter how good externally, like, let's say somehow, first of all, I get a career, because I thought about it last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have a career. I've just had... A series of shitty part-time jobs. And the one full-time job I had, they paid me part-time. It was a sales job, so I was like, well, if you don't make sales, you don't get paid. So despite working like 12 hours a day, I would probably get paid for, oh, I don't know, five, four, three, I guess I'm counting down. But no, literally like sometimes one or two hours. I'd be there the whole day. And make like 20 bucks. It was disgusting. I was young. I would never ever do it again. And I certainly suggest if you're listening. If you're even contemplating a gig that works like that. Definitely don't. You'll seriously make more money if you work at McDonald's. And at least over there. If the manager's not looking. You can probably sneak yourself a filet fish or two you know. So I don't have a career. I don't think that's the thing that's going to make me happy. If I suddenly get a job That's full-time and I can, you know, move up. I don't... That is definitely not the secret to happiness. I don't think that's what I'm missing in my life. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. If I got a career that pays me, like, quarter million per year, I don't care how homely I look. I'm definitely getting me a banging wife. Two bang. Because the move at that point is I work, I don't know, the first few years. I do nothing but work and buy shit to make me look rich. Like, real rich, guys... They don't do stuff like that. It's the phony jabronis who do it. But I'd kind of be in the middle. Wouldn't be a real rich guy, but I'm not a phony jabroni. And I'd have some do re mi, right? But I would operate like a phony jabroni. I would buy a nice car, a really big house, all this nice clothes. Just external shit, you know? Superficial shit. And I'd post it on my IG. All that jazz. And then my first vacation in the last five years... I would be gone for like a month. I would go over, not to the homeland, I'd go over to Vancouver, where lots of people from my homeland immigrated there years ago, and then sold out. They got juked, or juked a bunch of white people, usually it's the former, not the latter, it's usually a bunch of Asian girls going to the west, and the white man being interested in them, and because... They're shallow, superficial, dumb bitches. They're like, look at me, look how superior I am. I have me a white man. And there's tons of those. A lot of them get defiled by the white devil. Bet. There's always a silver lining, and the silver lining here, except for getting shot in the, like, the nuts. Like, I don't see a silver lining there, right? You shoot me in the knee, I don't know, they start putting in bionic parts. We're getting closer to making me the bionic man. One step closer to being a cyborg, Hell yeah, that's the greatest silver lining ever. But getting shot in the nuts, it's like, there, there's no fixing that. Even if they give you a titanium wiener, how does that serve you? But the silver lining of Asian bitches selling out and shacking up with white guys is, there's a lot of mixed Asian, white, Eurasian, Christian Crook types out in the world. Namely, in Vancouver, BC, and I guess the greater British Columbia area, So for one month, I'm there scouting. And I don't want the club hoes. I don't want the bar hoes. So I'm hanging out at libraries. I guess in this story, I guess in this hypothetical, I'm also future Kenny because I would have gone back to 1997 when people were still hanging out in libraries. And bookstores, when bookstores were still a thing. Then if I can get over my crippling anxiety and fear and awkwardness, I would go chat up some of these chicks you know, maybe I, I'd drop my Rolex or something. But, oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, thank you for picking up my Rolex. Oh, there, Kristen Crook lookalike. Why don't you let me buy you lunch? Lobster, caviar, whatever you like, girl. Because I make it rain. But even under that scenario, even if I've got, like, the most ballin' job and the most banging Kristen Crook lookalike money can buy, that's not true happiness. I know she doesn't really love me. Even though she tell me she loved me long time. You know that's crap. She just loved my money forever. But that's a pretty good alternative compared to what realistically I'm going to lead. Never happy, poor, and I'd be surprised if I even met a girl who was on the caliber of a Kristen Kruk who didn't like immediately walk away from me when I even looked at her. Bet you better be calling your friend with that phone. I swear to God, if you're calling the caps you're going to have a reason to be calling the cops. For reasons like this, I'm not surprised I'm going to die alone. And thinking about it, it turns out happiness really isn't about, you know, having money, having the hottest girl, because those are circumstantial, right? Like, if you can get yourself a legit girl, you know, before you got rich, who was into you for whatever reason, I can't possibly come up with the reasons. I don't understand how one gets an attractive woman. Like, the only people who have ever been into me are like the grossest, nastiest bitches you ever did meet, right? But once you kind of get into like this point of life, even if somehow, let's say I won the lottery, even though I don't play the lottery, so that's impossible. Let's just say by fluke, I got a bunch of money and somehow got me a Kristen Crook girl who loved me for who I am. I feel like I'm too damaged to, to be happy. And even if I didn't have the money and I I, I somehow still snag me a Kristen Crook, I still feel like I wouldn't be happy. Because of the damage. But I know for a fact, you don't need money to be happy. You don't need to be good looking to be happy. You don't need a hot girl to be happy. Because my mom, she keeps telling me stories about her workplace, even though I've asked her, hey mom, unless like there's a point to these stories, can you not tell me like everything that happened to you at work? Like the conversations you had with your friends, like that seems like something that I don't need to hear. It seems like there's neither sage, wisdom in these stories, nor is there any entertainment value whatsoever. Listen, if I want to be entertained by somebody else's story, I'm going to go watch some Mike Tyson mysteries, because that show is unbelievable. It is the craziest, funniest show of all time. But this interaction between one of your dim-witted low-life coworkers, gotta say, doesn't hold the same appeal. But there is one dude she keeps bringing up, who she finds completely annoying, but I find completely fascinating. This dude is, uh, she works for a large company, so in large companies, they tend to have to do, like, community hires and, you know, hire... How do I put this gingerly? As a responsible member of the community, these large companies are almost required to hire the scourge of society, right? They're almost required to take the leftover crap. They're almost required to hire people that have no business having a job, right? Uh, and a lot of the times, these guys are retatted, right? I feel like saying that word with a bit of a, I don't know, is that a Boston accent? A Massachusetts accent? Makes it way more acceptable, right? I wanted to say, because you're on the Kenny Ho Show, I do nothing but make moves to try to be accepted. I gave up on that a long time ago. (laughs) Be accepted, never mind that. Never mind that shite. 300 episodes in, I'm like, Here, self. Here's what I came up with today. This is what I do now. Take it or leave it. And judging by how much I hate myself, it appears even I'm leaving it. So the story is, there's a retarded guy at my mama's workplace and this dude he's got me beat doesn't take much but this guy's really got me beat because the thing that annoys my mom is this dude shows up each and every day and he'll he'll say hello to everybody first of all i don't do that i hate most people like uh please don't talk to me i don't want to talk to you back when i had a job and i had to deal with people now i'm a hermit i'm a leech on society But this dude goes up to everybody, says hello, but doesn't leave it at that. He'll put on the biggest grin you ever did see. And he's like, I'm number one. I'm always smiling. And I did the thumbs up and everything because that's what he does too. Man, this dude is under my skin. I'm doing like a perfect impression of him. But my mom's so annoyed by him. She's just like, "Yeah, yeah, you're number one. Cool, man. All right, bye, and then, like, gets the hell out of there, and, like, he'll find her 20 minutes later and do it all over again. Sure, I can get why that's annoying. Like, once a day, I get it. But, like, 10 times a day, that's rough. But this dude, he's cracked the code. He don't give a shit what others think about him. He's kind, he's polite, he's positive, and he don't give a shit if people hate him for that. That's the way to go. And let's break it down for a second. Let's break down what he's saying. He's saying, I'm number one. He's saying, I'm the best in the world. This dude is unbelievably confident. He's got confidence I could never, ever imagine to have. Like, this guy's got no business, no reason to even consider himself number one. He's like, I'm smiling, so I'm the best in the world. I'm like, my guy, I don't know what you look like, but you're retarded. I'm pretty sure... You ain't got the best smile I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure your smile does not somehow put you in the front of the line here. If we're going by smiles, I think Melissa Ben Oist has the best smile I ever seen. Like think about it, this guy thinks he's amazing. He's confident in life that he is the best because of a smile. Never mind that is probably not a great smile. He's probably got like crooked yellow teeth and shit, but He don't give a shit about that. He's like, I'm the best. I'm going to put myself out there. People are going to love me based on this smile. My goodness. I have 300 episodes of a podcast and I'm like, man, I am dog shit. I'm a lowly nobody. Don't get me wrong. I have like no real accomplishments. I've done well in school. I used to be good looking. I used to be kind. But let's face it. None of that means anything in the long run. If I had gotten a gig that pays me $250,000 a year, and if I'm married to a Kristen Crook type of girl, a sweet Eurasian babe, then okay, that would have meant something. But at this point, it means jack shit. And as I said, I'm a prisoner of my own mind. No matter what I do, what I accomplish, what I become, if I can even become these things because these mental health issues are really slowing me down here. I would still find no joy. I would still focus on all the bad that's ever happened to me and all the bad of the situation and find reasons to stop myself from becoming great. Whereas this toddy guy? He thinks he's the bee's knees and there's nothing wrong with that. Whereas there was another guy, I think I've talked about this dude before. I also work for like a really big company and so they do the same stuff. They hire the scourge of the earth. People I'm like, this person doesn't have any business even being alive still. Like someone should take this some bitch out back and put a cap in his or her ass, right? Hey man, it's 2021. It's all about equality. Men and women can be a complete waste of space. But there was a dude who stood out as the taddiest of the Tads. But this dude again, he had me beat. Did I ever tell you the story of the time I was in Vancouver and I went to watch some play with a couple buddies of mine? It was like their buddies' play. I don't remember what the play was about. I'm pretty sure it was horrible. But there was one great part about this play. And that is they casted the hottest Australian girl I've ever seen on TV. I haven't met any in real life outside of this girl, so on TV, in movies, and magazines, all that type of stuff. And they put her in a schoolgirl outfit. They mixed the hottest type of white girl, as far as I'm concerned, Aussie bitches, with the Britney Spears look. I'm like, whoever is behind this play is a genius. Your script needs some work, but goodness gracious, your costumes are awesome. So when we went backstage to talk to these people, I stood there and... When this girl looked at me to talk to me, like, cause she was talking to my buddy and I was next to him and I guess she wanted to say, hey, what's up? You know, I'm, you know, hot Aussie girl. What's your name? I didn't even, I couldn't even do it. I just looked down. I'm like, I'm not worthy. I'm like, I have no confidence in life. I have no confidence with chicks. I can talk to people I have no interest in, no problem. But when it comes to a girl like that, that I'm like, be my Valentine. I just don't have the juice. I just can't... I can't even say hello. But this dude at work, this retarded son of a gun, he saw himself as a Lothario. He saw himself as a Casanova type. And he wasn't an ugly guy, but he was like, oh, I don't know, maybe like 90 pounds soaking wet. Glasses so thick, it looked like he could see back in the past. This dude was a mess. Like... I used to have to do half his job for him. And then the parts I would go, hey, bro, would you mind doing this? He's, he literally was like, he's like, hey, Kenny, you mind doing this? I'm like, dude, you're just here to collect the paychecks and, and give me shit asking you to do a little bit of work. I'm just like, you better be careful. I may not be tough. I'm definitely soft, but I can kill a retard. I mean, retard. I'll beat up a retard. That is my new ringtone. Makes me look real tough on the streets, you know? I was gonna be like, oh, I hope it never rings when I'm on a date. Unless I'm willing to date, like, the most disgusting, like, technically female broads in this world, I don't think I'm gonna have this issue. And even if I were doing that, you think I care about what they think about me? Like, I wouldn't think very highly of me if I went and stooped this low. I'm gonna stop talking, because even thinking about it grosses me right out. But this tatty dude, he was super confident with chicks. Like, the way he was operating was dangerous, don't get me wrong, especially in 2021. I worked with this guy maybe in, like, 2015 or something. You know, back when you could get away with a little bit of sexual assault. But in 2021, you look at a girl wrong, you're in the unemployment line, you know? And this dude's move was this. He would literally meet a girl for the first time, and he'd just walk up to them, give them a hug, and then start chatting them up. I'm like, so you just skip, like, the getting to know somebody part, huh? That's a very, very dangerous game you're playing. Because even if you don't get hit up with a a sexual assault uh, charge against you, you might get slapped. You might get punched in the face. And even if that's not the case, you know, whatever, people can deal with a hug here and there. He also got progressively more dangerous. He was like, never mind, like, the platonic hug from the front or the seemingly platonic, because it wasn't platonic. He was into these broads. He wasn't hugging the big girls, you know. He would, he would do exactly what I do to the big girls. Pretend they don't exist. But then he skipped the, the fake platonic stuff. He started moving into what I could only describe as predator stuff. He would go up to girls. Again, he's never met them. Like This, this was a new girl. Her first day. I know they don't know each other. And he walked right up to her. From behind, this girl had her back turned to him just doing her job. He walked up to her, put his arms around her waist and just like embraced her. And I stood there. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen here? Do I need to intervene? Do I need to put my money where my mouth is and beat up a re And my goodness, I think 99% of women are all whores because none of them ever did anything to him. They all seem okay with it. They just turn around, look at him, and then go about their business like nothing happened. But that wasn't all. This guy kept escalating it. He started going up to these girls, giving them hugs, and then the kiss on the cheek. The first time I saw it happen, I looked at the girl and she looked like she was about to explode and destroy him. But then, just as quickly as she got infuriated... She seemed to swallow that anger and, like, be back to normal and then started talking to him. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Girl, clearly you didn't like the kiss. Clearly you, at least by the book, at least by the letter of the law, got sexually assaulted. Friggin' say something. Or do you want me to say something? I will say something. Listen, just say the word and I will make this guy wish he was never born. You know. The same wish that his parents have. So I guess to sum up, in life, I've learned the secret to happiness is you have to be retatted. I used to be tall, dark, and handsome, and plenty charming and talented, yet I could not talk to an Aussie girl. This guy was a grown-ass man. He was in his 20s, but he looked like he was a 12-year-old boy. Yet he was macking bitches he had no reason even talking to. Even being in the same room, he shouldn't have had that job. I had to do most of the work for him. But I'm alright. I prefer not to be retarded, I guess. Retarded, retarded. Now I've been thinking, have you ever stalked an ex? Any way, shape, or form, like good old-fashioned camouflage in a tree binoculars, night vision, the whole gamut. Or more commonly these days, like cyber stalking, like social media stalking. I can definitely say, with a clean conscience, I have never ever stalked an ex before. Now, I'm not trying to say I haven't stalked girls I've been interested in before, because for a while there, I was doing it all the time. To the point where if online stalking were an Olympic sport, I definitely have a gold medal and some kind of prison sentence. No, why I say I've never stalked an ex before is because I've never had a girlfriend before. So it is clinically impossible for me to have stalked an ex-girlfriend because I've never had one before. I don't know what's sadder, stalking an ex or never having one to begin with. it has got to be whatever I have, right? That's just, in this case, I agree, but usually my mind's just like, Out of all the possibilities you just ran through, whatever makes you look the worst, that's the right answer, Kenny. Go eat shit. But here's the thing, this is how I look at it. When I do it, it's not all creepy and pervy, you know? It's usually also mean-spirited. When it comes to a, a girl like Cutter Girl, who at one point decided, hey, never mind this class when I got all this ass and decided just to like take it all off dude like I was looking at her I'm like it's a probably a good on one hand I'm like oh goodness gracious I really missed out but on the other hand I'm like I'm cool I'm already the shame of my family I don't need to add dating a thought to my long list of sins but don't get me wrong I did enjoy looking at those pictures She's somebody else's girlfriend, she's somebody else's problem. He can deal with that attention-seeking girl who's probably got a big head now because of all the flattering comments guys have been giving her. Listen, there are fat girls who think they're hot shit because of all the comments thirsty guys give them. At least in Cutter Girl's case, she'd have a point. So chicks like that who are in their 20s, I have stalked them in the past looking at things like their IG and been like, damn! Look at that tush. Goodness gracious. But then there's girls my age, who are in their 30s now. Girls that I was into when I was in high school. Exclusively high school. Once again, c when I was in high school. I'm not at my old high school checking out the student bodies. Bodies? My old high school doesn't even exist anymore. They had to condemn the place. The school board was like, Okay, we can accept losers, like, until we got a real strong fleet of robots, somebody's got to work at McDonald's, right? But this is outrageous. You've created one of the most vile villains of our time. You've created one of the great losers of all time. The WOAT But no, what I was trying to say was, I only exclusively have looked up bitches, and I mean bitches, who I went to high school with, And not the college ones, I don't know, I have like, maybe it was like short-lived. That's not true, I was in high school for like four years, but I have have like a combined five years of college. That doesn't make sense. I'm not sure why, and honestly, I don't want to know why. When my mind's not overthinking, let's not open up a can of worms. But the great thing about looking up some of these chicks from high school... Again, once again, my high school from my graduating year, not the current ones, that high school doesn't even exist anymore. I take pride in seeing how horribly some of these chicks are doing, at least physically, right? They're probably really fulfilled in life. They're married, three kids, got a great career, they're having the time of their life. They're doing much better than I can ever say I'm doing, at least in that regards, but It shows, because some of these girls are either looking real haggard, real fat, or in one specific case, looking a little undead. I may be a loser, I may be big boned, but at least I still look young. I like to think I look like I'm in my 20s, and if I shave my beard and cut my hair, I could pass for high school, Especially if I showed up wearing a backwards hat with a skateboard. Cowabunga, dudes. But as I was saying before, there's one girl who stood out to me. One woman. She's not a girl anymore. She's past her prime. She's washed up. She's out there looking like she's a zombie. And it warms my black, black, dormant heart to see... The once very, very pretty, very attractive, very cute girl now be completely fugly. Welcome to my level, bitch. It's no fun here. (laughs) Oh, but her looking like a corpse. It serves one amazing purpose. Ah, two amazing purposes. First and foremost, it makes me feel real fulfilled in life for some reason. But secondly, it gives me ammunition for dear bitch. Dear bitch, what goes around comes around, doesn't it? (laughs) We used to have a nice thing going. You know, we used to both show up to high school, our first year of high school, all bushy-tailed and wide-eyed. Nice and early in the morning. Half an hour early before class started. And we just walk up and down those hallways. Talking about whatever. Whenever. But unlike the Shakira song, we weren't meant to be together. But that's on you, bitch. I was down to clown. But that's exactly what you treated me like. Now didn't you? You Guyanese whore. Huh? Is that too much? Not today. Not today. Not today. I mean, first of all, know your role, alright? They call the Guyanese the scourge of the Caribbean for a reason. You should be so lucky to have ended up with me, because I would have treated you like a lady, which is far better than you deserve. And I knew you were a harlot, because just days after the semester ended, you would call me by the wrong name. Did those walks and talks mean nothing to you? There, I mean, this is sad of me, but to this day, there's some of the highlights, some of the best highlights I've had with a member of the opposite sex that I found sexy. But nobody's gonna say that about you now, you skeletor looking bitch. What happened to you? Did somebody get in your head? Did somebody make you anorexic? Or bulimic, maybe. That's probably it. Because you're a gluttonous Guyanese. You're a gluttonous Guyanese who belongs in the gutter, you goddamn bitch. I should have known. I should have known after you the way of the whore. You pretend like the girl next door, making all nice and sweet, walking up and down those high school floors. It was all appearances, wasn't it? You wanted people to believe you were a kind-hearted girl who talked to the fat boy in high school, pretend to be his friend, only mere moments later forget his goddamn name. But then, of course, after school, we knew what you were up to. You'd go meet up with your drug dealer boyfriend and get juked in his 1980s Toyota Corolla that he stole from some black guy who stole it from some Japanese guy. Who stole it from a hard-working Chinese guy. Your boyfriend's like a third-hand criminal. The worst kind. The horribly unoriginal kind. But it's true. Lady Karma can be a bitch. What goes around does usually come around because you operated like a black-hearted, nasty witch. So Lady Karma rewarded you with the appearance of someone who's... Screwed around with some black magic voodoo shit. The spell went wrong, didn't it? It's the only way to explain why you look the way you look. You look like you've been out in the sun for 500 hours. You look like somebody who died from starvation and then fell into a ditch under the hot Mexican sun until somebody found you. Like at least six months later by the looks of it. Or maybe it's that cocaine you've been doing, right? Because I know you have a type. The bad boys. You know, maybe it was cute. Maybe that's appealing when you're in high school. These guys with their baggy pants and their do-rags. But when they're still dressed like that 15 years later and selling drugs for a living, if you still find that attractive, I'm glad I'm not with you because you're a stupid-ass bitch. I mean, I suppose the only downside to all of this is if I were with you, I could save a lot of money on a xylophone. Cause I would just bust out a couple mallets and play music on your exposed ribs. Cause sure, even though I didn't amass too much. And yes, I do look like Liu Kang if Liu Kang let himself go. But at least I don't look like some nobody that had their soul sucked out of them by Sheng Tsung. And even though I hurt back then, even though you played me like a ukulele once upon a time said you would call me i waited like two or three weeks for that call but it's all right it taught me a very important lesson that hoes like you should never ever get my time let alone my interest because in time i would definitely lose interest you know Around the time you picked up a coke habit and four or five STDs, you filthy tramp. Now, even though I think the music video Thriller by Michael Jackson is awesome, I only like it when it's fiction. I definitely would not like to run into one of the zombies from... Ah, I thought you were one of the zombies from that video, you gross, disgusting-looking whore. Eat my ass and my shorts. Sincerely, not yours, you cocaine-doin'-lookin' dirty hoe.
2: Summer after high school when we first met We made out in your Mustang to Radiohead On your 18th birthday we got matching tattoos Used to steal your parents' liquor and climb to the roof Talk about our future like we had a clue Never planned that one day I'd be losing you In another life You would be my girl We'd keep all our promises, be us against the world. And in another life, I would make you stay. So I don't have to say you were the one that got away. The one that got away.
0: Aha! You thought you would escape a Milestone episode without old Kenny singing, didn't you? It will never happen. I enjoy singing too much. Even if all the people in the world don't enjoy listening to me do it at all. I mean, if I were going to adhere to that, the Kenny Ho show wouldn't even be a thing. I would have given up at least 200 episodes ago. But I love that song. It's a beautiful song. It's a great story to it. You could totally make a movie out of it, right? And I don't know what the hell happened, but like, was I living under a rock or something? But legit, not too long ago, pretty recently, I watched the music video for it for the very first time. And I gotta say, it's fantastic. Like, the song lends itself to become a great movie, so whoever directed it took full advantage of that and just, like, made a cinematic music video. Like, all these artists are always trying to reinvent the goddamn wheel always trying to do something different, something special with their music videos. And sometimes, sure, they're successful. Sometimes you get something good. Like Toxic. Britney Spears' Toxic, that was a really cool and interesting and out-of-the-box type of uh, concept for the video. But for every one of those, there's probably like 50 Oops I Did It Again. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Okay, I love Britney Spears. But even at the height of my obsession for her, Which is probably around when that video came out. I was like, what the hell is this shit? Is this supposed... Are they on Mars or something? Why, this is the cheapest looking Mars I ever did see. But this works. So sometimes instead of trying to come up with something new and clever or whatever, just do the song. Any songwriter worth their salt will tell you a great story and all you have to do is just do a video that's doing what the song is talking about. And more often than not, you're going to have something like this, something that was magical. And I think what lends to it is Katy Perry was in her prime. I saw her the other day on American Idol, I think, and I'm like, woof, you know? It looked like an extraterrestrial being beamed themselves down from that cheap Mars that Britney Spears was on and devoured Katy Perry along with like 40 other people. Oh, she a big girl now. I don't know what happened. Probably Popeye's chicken. I understand, girl. It's tough. It's real tough out here. But Katy Perry in her prime, that video will hit you hard because you can just imagine yourself. You can empathize with just what it would feel like to lose Katy Perry in her prime. Goodness gracious. She was gorgeous and busty my goodness that's the double whammy that's the true double whopper which is probably what she has for snacks these days and i don't know if you remember the video i'm assuming i'm not spoiling this for anybody considering the fact this the song came out along with the video probably like 10 years ago i think i'm the only foo who didn't see it until recently but is the dude in the video pedro pascal is that the mandalorian in the video i'm like how long has this guy been at it like it- Ever since Mandalorian became a big deal, like all over Netflix, there's Pedro Pascal pictures. It's like, well, oh, wait, he was in this movie, even though he's not the star. They're like, well, I know you want to watch it because your favorite Mandalorian's in it. I legit thought the Mandalorian was his first gig. I thought he was like a homely janitor who Jon Favreau ran into one time. and was like, could you say that again? Oh, I think you got all turned around over there. Come. The reception is over here. This is the way. And he's like, Hop on board, cowboy. You're about to escape poverty. Not you, you fat, homely Asian guy. You keep working these floors. I'm like, I don't even work here. There's a bank. I'm here to cash in my unemployment checks. But yeah, it turns out I'm wrong. But am I that wrong? Like... Has he been around so long he was in the Katy Perry video? I don't know. I don't think it is. But regardless, I love that video. But the one thing that didn't work for me is they took a liberty. Maybe not a liberty. Maybe they talked to Katy Perry and they're like, okay, what does this song really mean? Like, how are you the one that got away or the guy's the one that got away? Because to me, when I think the one that got away, it just means some girl that you should have gotten somehow slipped away. I didn't tie those knots tight enough. But in this video, their interpretation of the one that got away was, Oh, he died. That's how he got away. He accidentally drove off a cliff and died. Like the car exploded. There was a huge fireball. There was, there was no body or at least not one that was recognizable by anyone, including Katy Perry. I'm like, what a horrific end to a magical and beautiful video! What the hell? I was hoping for something more relatable, along the lines of, of her realizing, wait a minute, I'm Katy Perry. Who's this Pedro Pascal lookalike? Son of a bitch, think he is? I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, that's very relatable. Every single girl that I've ever been into has been like, listen, I'm at least slightly attractive, and racist. I think. Get out of here, you slanty-eyed son of a bitch. There's definitely girls where I'm like, Hey, you know, I understand. She, she was awfully pretty. And some of those times, I was a fat boy, so I get it. But in there somewhere, I'm like, Wait a minute, I'm like a model-looking guy. And you're a chubby, tubby, flubby girl. What the hell? But listening to this song, watching the music video, it did get me thinking. I sat there, and I'm like, Well, I've liked a lot of girls. And, uh... None of them have liked me back. And for the most part, I'm okay with that. Because even that chubby, flubby, tubby, or whatever I just called her, she was a theater school girl. Uh, I was in the year above her. So in my final year, so her second year, she lost some weight and started dating some, like, really tall, good-looking son of a bitch, right? And then, so when I graduated, I didn't have any contact with her or anything, but one of my buddies told me, oh, yeah, that girl became a monster. She was like, no, kinda. you totally dodged a bullet because she destroyed that guy. That tall, handsome, hunky guy got obliterated by this hoe. That seems like a common thing. When, when chubby girls lose weight, they become monsters. I gotta assume this girl was also not paying for any of her drinks at the bar. And she certainly wasn't returning my calls, but that was already happening years before. So certainly not her. People like her, I moved on from right away. Like, dear bitch, her, like, when it was over, it was over. Well, Skeletor took, like, maybe a month because I waited around for her call for, like, three weeks. And then after that, I'm like, screw that fracking hoe. What the hell? Didn't think about her again. I actually didn't even stalk her. She popped up on my Facebook as a person you may know. And I clicked. I'm like, I guess so. I mean, I recall her having far less raisiny qualities, but... Yeah, I guess so. People I knew, at least. I don't know about no. Not trying to know too many walking corpses, you know? But there's definitely a few where I've looked up just for shits and giggles, right? Just to be like, okay, so how bad are you doing? Because I'm feeling real shite about myself. It would be great if these girls who thought they're too good for me uh, are doing really poorly in life. And more often than not, I've been rewarded with a, ah, yes. She didn't even achieve her dreams of being a Polish whore. (laughs) Just the Canadian one. So I wouldn't consider any of those ones the one that got away. They were just some broad that I liked. Uh, Too much as far as I'm concerned. But Loverboy did what Loverboy did. And I can't really change that. I can only try to forget about that. Tough to do when you're sober. Real tough to do. But upon really thoroughly thinking about it and not just thinking with my head but thinking with my heart as well whatever's left of my heart uh there's two girls that stood out uh to who still uh give me a bit of a, a sharp pain in my chest whenever I think about not being with them and that's uh the cutter girl of course that one is a real legend on many many fronts Mostly of the John Legend variety, you know, because that girl was crazy and I'm out of my mind. As I said, not too long ago, earlier on, actually, there was a time when she hoed it up, when she was like half naked in all her Instagram photos. It seems like she's since come to her senses and shut that down. But I can't be sure I've been blocked on every single platform. So I could just have been blocked on that too, right? Well, all except for Twitch. Oh, that's right. This girl is on her way to becoming a Twitch star. Now, I've made a real effort this year to operate as if this girl looked like she had a real beef with Brendan Fraser and The Rock, right? I've tried to shut her down, move right on from her, not look her up ever again. And it's definitely been better for me. But when this song came a Colin. I went and knocked and not actually, I didn't like write or anything. That's crazy. Let's not, I mean, I'm pretty crazy. Don't get me wrong. The fact that I'm having this conversation means I'm pretty crazy, but I did look her up recently and once again, finding out that the one platform I'm not blocked on is Twitch and that's only because she's new there. All right. She's only been on there seemingly for like a month or something. And of course, friggin' soul. This hurt on two levels. A, she's doing really well. She's looking beautiful. It's a damn shame. It's too bad she didn't screw around with the necromancy, unlike that other girl, right? And she seems well-adjusted. She's, like, super social. She's got lots of people who come into her uh, streams or whatever, and she's having a great time talking to them. And, you know, on a politically correct level, it's like, oh, she's, you know, she's healthy now, because when I knew her, she wasn't. Um, I probably didn't help. Having to deal with me probably didn't help. But uh, she was not in good condition, and uh, now she is. Uh, Which, you know, on a PC level, it's like, great, she's gotten healthy, she's happy, I'm happy for her. But you know that's complete horseshit. that's not the way old Kenny rolls. I'm completely heartbroken that she's not doing poorly. Once upon a time, I did want her to be happy, with or without me. But now, I'm a bad man, I'm a jaded person. I was legitimately upset when I saw that she had, only after a month, she had like 400 followers. I've been on Twitter for like 10 years. I have, what, maybe 250 or something like that? And you gotta assume like 75% of them are Russian bots? But of course, and this is not even just her, but like a greater, wider, systematic issue. And that is, social media is built for hot babes. Because dudes are simps. But I can't judge them that harshly because once upon a time, I was a Tiffany Alvord simp. Where legit for her, her birthday and Christmas, I sent her two gifts. Didn't get a thank you, you damn rude bitch. You crazy ass rude bitch. She's on episode 400's dear bitch, I'm telling you right now. I mean, if that is, if there is an episode 400, that is if we're not all zombies by then. I mean, I won't be a zombie because I'm not... I'm not one of these guys who are like, I watch The Walking Dead. I'll survive. I'm like, you damn fool. First of all, that's a show. And B, why would you want to survive? What kind of life are you leading where, like, day in and day out, you're fighting tooth and nail to hopefully find some shitty canned good you would never eat now, like canned fruit. A good day for you would be finding a can of canned fruit that's not spoiled, I got figure it figured out. My brothers seem like they got a real thirst for life. They want to live. So if they want to be survivors, if they want to be a damn fool, that's fine. But here, take this pillow and put me out of my misery. I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I'm going to have a couple more sun chips. I won't be a douchebag. I won't eat all their supplies of food, but I'm going to have a few more sun chips. And then they could ever be so kind and just put me out of my misery, right? And if they want to go down the road of cannibalism, there's a lot of me to go around, you know? But yeah, social media is totally built for chicks. If you're a remotely hot girl, and that is by hook or by crook, it's a loose definition. You could legit be a butterface. You could just know how to put on makeup, but still be kind of a big ting. But if you're willing to flaunt it, if you're willing to show it, that's an easy 200,000 followers. It's so crazy. I follow this like uh, Asian girls Instagram. So like they collect uh, photos from different Asian Instagrammers. And I'm telling you, 90% of the time, the girl they put on there, it's all smoke and mirrors. At first glance, like, wow, what a hot girl. And then you look through the pictures and you look through it closely. I'm just like, minus the makeup, this would be one ugly ass bitch. Yeah, she's got more followers than I can even dream of. You don't need any talent. You don't even need to go to the gym. You just need to, like, not go crazy on the donuts. And I suppose you gotta kind of be lucid in morals. You gotta be good with taking a photo with a shirt that you know is too deep cut. And you know the only reason people are gonna like that photo is because they want to see your boobs. But not only are you good with it, you live for it. So you gotta be able to do that, I suppose. You gotta be that type of person To be successful in Instagram and social media as a whole. To Cutter Girl's credit, once upon a time she was a lucid moral hoe. Not lucid moral enough to be like, hey, let me throw old Kenny a bone. But I suppose she wasn't a degenerate. You have to be a real degenerate to want to hook up with old Kenny, you know. But what more can be said about Cutter Girl? She's been well documented on the show and I'm pretty sick of talking about her. And since she doesn't show anything anymore, I don't even want to look at her. You know, in my darkest hour, I was falling apart mentally, which led to physically. So I went to her to be like, hey, I really need someone right now. I'm falling apart. I'm falling down. Can you hold me up? Can you be that someone? And to my surprise, she was like, oh, of course, for sure. I could do that for you. And I'm like, oh, really? She's like, shh. I'm talking on the phone. What the hell are you still doing here? I told you I hate you. Get the hell out of my face and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Let the bus do it instead. You slanty-eyed dry-cleaning piece of shit. Go make some chicken balls or something. And the human being in me was metaphorically falling apart and falling down and being crushed by these horrible, horrible things she was saying. But the comedian in me, my goodness, I was having a great time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm going to die after this. But God damn, these are good singers. I'd applaud you. But you're a fricking bitch. But there's a lesser known girl to the Kenny Ho show, a far more important girl to Kenny Ho, not the show. She's a girl I went to high school with. And no, she didn't aspire to be a Polish bartender. That girl's dead to me. Whereas this one, legitimately, I've been thinking about her a lot, a lot over the past month. Ever since uh, I remembered her from the Katy Perry song, I'm like, oh my goodness. Andrea from high school is the one that got away. Because this girl was the girl next door. Gorgeous but not like in a like in your face type of way just like she was a very quiet under the radar girl i i don't think half the guys even knew she existed but she was so pretty raven haired i couldn't tell you if she had a great figure cuz she was very conservative in the way she dressed unlike you know a certain twitch star to be slew that we've been talking about This girl was very conservative in her way. A good family girl. The type of girl you'd definitely bring home to mom. Not my mom, because my mother would corrupt her, you know? She would destroy her spirit. But a mom, I suppose. And Andrea was such a nice and sweet girl. Like, I've never heard one negative thing come out of her. I'm sure she heard a lot of negative shit come out of me. But not a single negative thing came out of her. And the best part of her was she opened me. She tried chatting me up first. And this was before I became handsome. This was Fat Kenny. This was Fat Schoolboy Kenny. Yeah, how I met her was I was walking down the hall. And there's a classroom that faces in the direction of me walking. Whereas every other classroom, it goes against the grain. Like, you could see me pass by the door but just momentarily but this one you get a good like 15 seconds of seeing who's walking towards your class if that makes sense right and so I'm walking towards her class and all of a sudden I see this beautiful girl waving and usually my move would be hmm she must be waving at a good looking guy behind me I better well double check let me just uh look behind here and confirm my suspicions but for whatever reason when Andrea did it I was like that's definitely for me baby it's soul Kenny it's young Kenny's time to shine and so I started waving back like this girl was waving hardcore like she was waving at me like we were best pals or something and we talked like we were best friends for I don't remember how long I think it was at least for that semester, which may have been second semester, so the rest of the year. Every time I'd walk by there, we'd start talking. And this was like in the middle of her in class. As not like she was the first person in the first row. She was dumb, so she was in the back row. Yes, of course she's dumb. You think a perfect girl is going to be into me? She's good-looking, kind-hearted, and smart. If that were the case, I'd have to explain to her at some point. I'm like, you understand, I'm not actually related to Dr. Ho, right? Like, I don't have, like, $15 million coming to me, you know? So she's in the back of the class, and not, like, directly in the back. She's, like, in the middle and back. So she's, like, in the middle of the classroom having a full-on conversation with me. And I'm assuming the teacher must have called it in, you know? Like, this must have been, like, a 20-year vet who was like, You know what? I don't care. I'm just gonna come up here, say what I've said for the past 19 bloody years. And if you learn it, great. And if you don't, I don't give a shit. I'm still collecting my $80,000 this year. But nobody ever stopped us. And I don't know why, but I don't remember any of the conversations. And as as I said, she's not a filthy whore, so she didn't have like a low-cut top where I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Yes, I do like melons. I mean, hooters. I mean, take your top off, bitch. But I went into that summer like so ecstatic, so in love with this girl that I lost like 30 pounds. This was like the first time I lost weight. I ate like almost nothing and worked out every single day and lost like 30 pounds over two months. And I showed back up lean, mean, and confident. And what do you know? She stopped being interested. You know, we still talked. I still walked her home and stuff. Still got to walk her to school sometimes, but it was clearly gone. The spark was gone, and I could never understand why. And I didn't understand why for, oh, I don't know, like 15 years. Honestly, didn't understand why up until now, because it baffled me for years. Because there's one time she ended up getting like a permanent boyfriend. Like they were hot and heavy. It was heartbreaking because I would... Like my locker was close to theirs, so I would see them like making out and I'm like, huh, I don't know what these thoughts are, but they're of the self-harm variety, like the put me out of this this misery type of thinking. That fracking bitch gave me my first suicidal thought. And then continued to give me like a million more. Like what are those called? PDAs or whatever? Public displays of affection? Like these guys were crazy. I'm like, holy shit, this girl lives down the street from here. Yeah, that's right, dude. I used to walk your girl home. So I know she lives down the street from here. You guys can't go make out there. Like, what the hell? You have to ruin my life? But I remember even before they were together. For whatever reason, she was hot on this guy. Like, like she's a very even-keeled girl. Despite me doing stand-up comedy and such in high school, I could never make her laugh. But also, despite me looking like a disgusting-looking young fella, being into her, it also never made her cry. So she was very even-keeled. But I remember one time overhearing her and her friend having a conversation where she was beside herself. I've never seen this much emotion on her. And she was just like, Oh my God, he's so hot. I just want to... And I'm like, Well, I... Would love to think that's about me, but I know it's not. Because they're in front of me and I'm hiding in a bush. So unfortunately, she's definitely talking about someone else. Let me bust out my binoculars here and just have a look-see because I don't see anyone in the general vicinity that fits that description. And I'm looking and I'm looking. I'm like, there's nobody who looks hot here. There's some fat guy right there. Maybe, maybe she's talking about the guy behind the fat guy. I'm like, hey, wall, move, dude. I want to see who I got to murder later. I got to see who I got to plant drugs on later. I got to get a good look at this guy because I got to show up to the police department later and claim that I saw the serial rapist and give his exact description. But it turns out it wasn't the guy behind the fat guy. There was no guy behind the fat guy. She was into this fat guy. She's like, oh, he's so hot. I'm like, are you freaking out of your mind? Like, listen, I was a big boy, but this guy's a enormous boy. And I wouldn't even use the term boy. In fact, he didn't even look like a boy. And it's not one of those situations like, oh, he was so fit, he was so jacked, he looked like a man in high school. He must play varsity football or whatever. He must be like Clark Kent in Smallville where Tom Welling was 25 for real, playing 15 on the show. Now, it wasn't one of those situations. It wasn't a 15 going on 25 situation. It was more like a, oh, I don't know, maybe 19. Actually, I don't know how old he was. Like, what? Is there a cutoff to when uh, you can't go to high school anymore? When they're just like, listen, you dumb shit. Here's an application to your local McDonald's. I don't know how much you've absorbed over the past 10 years of high school, but I hope you've learned enough to smile and have enough wits about you to be like, hey, would you like fries with that? Because you're gone, son. So I don't know if there's a cutoff, but if there was, this guy had to be close. Let's say the number is like 21. This dude looked like he was 21 going on 48. Like he was a new guy at the school. I'd been there for four years. Andrea had been there for five. Yes, once again, she's a dummy. But hey, I still loved her. And this guy came out of the blue. Came from some other school probably because he broke their stairs or whatever. But this dude was clearly in his final year of high school, right? Whether he wanted it or not. They're like hey man, this is it. You're done after this year. Either get your shit together and graduate on your own volition or get ready for a lifetime of folding paper crowns and flipping goddamn whoppers. This guy had to be in his 20s. There's no way he wasn't in his 20s. Because if he was like 18 or something, he was an 18-year-old with dad bawed. Like, this son of a bitch looked like he was working part-time on the weekends on a construction site, you know? He was definitely indistinguishable from any other middle-aged Italian construction worker I've ever met. This guy looks like he spends his spare time hanging out at the local coffee time, reminiscing about his glory days. Like, this tub of goo looked like he was allergic to exercise, you know? Like, this guy looked like the first time he and Andrea made love, which disgusts me. Not just because he got to defile the one that got away, my dream girl, but because, just mechanically, they had to get all kinds of cranes from his worksite site to lift the fat and folds out of the way in order to expose his one-inch penis, you know? It's just very heartbreaking, because... Andrea is definitely the girl, the type of girl I've always wanted, still want to this day. And it's very, very painful, even looking back to be like, man, we went from, I don't know how, talking how many times per week, like in the middle of her class, in front of all her classmates and professor, no less, right? To, you know, I still talk to her almost every single day for a little bit, but it was clear She wasn't that excited about it anymore to her not exchanging any words or even glances at me for the entirety of the second half of my final high school year. Like it sucks even thinking about it and legit it hurts so much. I've kind of moved past it because we're talking about like a month ago that um, I initially started thinking about her again. it's basically it stopped like yesterday (laughs) no lie it basically stopped over the past 24 hours or so because i'm like i have to compose myself to do the kenny ho show 300 part two like it's pretty damn cold i guess you didn't want to lead me on or whatever but holy shit like that is like clinical serial killer cold it's like oh so we're best friends you know both clearly into each other Probably go on a date type of thing. And then to, um, uh, I don't really. Yeah, I guess you can walk me home. Yeah, I guess you can talk to me before class. And then to, I'm just going to suck faces with this rudy poo fat ass. Everywhere you go, seemingly. And never, ever talk to you again. So here's how I look at it. You know how I said it would have been best in Katy Perry's The One That Got Away that, you know, they just had an amicable break uh, at the end there where they're like, ah, we're just not right for each other. And then they think back years later, it's like, ah, I was wrong about that. You know, instead of the driving off a cliff and dying in a horrible, fiery death, I still stand by that. It should have happened like that in the music video. But I'm also saying now that It would have been best if both Andrea and Cutter Girl got away in the exact same way as in the music video. 100 feet straight down, no chance of surviving. Instead of how it actually went. 100 feet away at all times, no chance of thriving. Alright, one more for the road. Let's do this. I haven't done this in a really long time. A Taylor Swift story to take us home. And this time, it's not a story about how she dated a guy only to break up with him like weeks later. And all of it seemingly done so she can have yet another smash hit, right? But it's not that far from that. The story's kind of along those lines. The story is someone with clearly a much higher profile than me, made a similar joke, but on a show that I know for a fact, even though I don't know what show it is, don't even know if it's aired, but I guarantee you, more people have heard that joke than have heard any of my jokes on my show. But the joke on the show was something along the lines of one character saying to another, hey man, you're going through more men than Taylor Swift does. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. And everybody watching would be like, eh, heh, heh. It's funny, because it's true. And she caught wind of it. Good thing neither she nor anybody I ever talk about catches wind of any of the things I say. Because, I mean, if I had something they could cancel, I'd definitely be cancelled. And I'm assuming this show's going down that road because she made a big stink about it. Yeah, I believe she took to Twitter and was like, And I quote, the joke was deeply sexist and lazy, end quote. And my response to that is, I don't really think it's sexist. It's just a Taylor Swift joke. Because when you think Taylor Swift, what is the first thing that pops into your head? Besides catchy love songs. But even along those lines, catchy love songs about an ex, one of her many, many exes. Even when I was a huge Swifty, That was the one glaring thing I didn't really care about her. Eventually, I'm like, I think she's fake. I think she does a lot of things for show. She's really not that good of a person. Certainly not to the extent she wants you to believe. But early on, it was like, goodness gracious, girl. It's pretty gross how you operate. Because even for myself, I am... However, technically... I'm a man, and I could not imagine myself getting into a relationship basically every single month. I mean, as evidenced over the past half hour or so, I'm still caught up with girls from like 17 years ago. (laughs) Like, it would make sense if it were... I'm just looking at it from my point of view. I'm just trying to empathize here. If I had been with Andrea for a month... And then she's like, no, I'm going to go with this fat shit over here. I'd be deeply hurt. But then, like, Cutter Girl shows up. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. This is, like, okay, not quite as good. Andrea didn't self-mutilate. But this girl's pretty fly. We're good together. But then, a month later, if she kicked me to the curb, I could not be like, all right, let's try to find someone else now. And then the month after that. And then the month after that. And you just keep going like that. It's not... A deeply sexist thing because I don't think men should be doing it. It's gross if they're doing that shit too. How about have a little bit more respect for yourself and your family, your reputation? Who cares about reputation, right? But don't just go through women and have them as another like notch on your bedpost or whatever. That's it's all very gross. Men, women, Zerg, whatever. Don't be a ho ass bitch, is what I'm saying. And as far as lazy, yes, yes it is. But it doesn't need to be anything more than that. It's comedy. Look at the people who do it. Just look at the shape they're in. Almost none of them are in good shape and like half of them are really fat. If not obese, of course they're lazy. This is the only industry in the world where being lazy is A-OK as far as I'm concerned. Because even at McDonald's, if someone just, like, threw together my sandwich, and, like, by the time I got to eat it, most of it was in that wrapping paper, I'd be like, ah, I know I can't really complain because these people are just low-life pieces of shit who work for minimum wage, but, I mean, come on, have a little respect for yourself and a little dignity, even though to me, every job is just a job. It's all to make ends meet. You're just there for the money. But the rest of society seems to be really hung up on job titles and status and stuff. So, I don't know. You're not really answering to me. You're definitely answering to society. So, I don't know. Bare minimum, even if you're working at McDonald's, be the best damn McDonald's employee of all time, you know? Or at least not a Lazy sack of shit who can't put together a McChicken properly. You truly are the scum of the earth if that's how you operate. But in comedy? I don't know how it works in other comedians' heads, but in mine, this is how it works. Something funny pops in there, and I'm like, great, I'll use that later. That's it. That's all there is to it. I'm not sitting here trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not here being like, "Ah, let me see if I can do it better than Dangerfield because I know I can't and I don't need to. And even if I did, I feel like the Kenny Ho show would still be unanimously and universally ignored and reviled anyway. But look at how many schlub comedians there are out there who are rich beyond my wildest dreams and way more successful than I can ever hope to be. And none of them can hold a candle to Rodney Dangerfield, right? So here's the thing, Swift. If it's funny, it's funny. Nobody's judging anybody. Well, I'm sure there's whack jobs who judge everybody for everything. And I'm not talking about myself. At least I do it in an entertaining way. I hope. That's what I tell myself so I can sleep at night. But my advice to Taylor Swift is, even though she definitely never care what I think nor will she ever hear this but my advice to her would be if I were in the same room as her I wouldn't say anything I'd be like you're so great Swifty can I be your next mistake like there can't be that many guys that you're interested in simultaneously I'm here right now girl you're doing a little layover here in Toronto let me be your next mistake Best part of the story, a year later, she releases a brand new song called Caveman. With the lyrics going something like, I will never,
2: ever, never will I ever stoop so low again. Never or ever will I ever, never let a greasy Asian caveman be my boyfriend.
0: I'm like, that's about me. Oh, my goodness. Never mind the advice. I cannot end it on a higher note than a off-the-cuff song. 300 Part 2. Yeah! All right, that's it. That's the first ever dual milestone episode of the coolest podcast ever. Holy crap, I've put in a lot of hours recently. In the old days, this would call for a drink. And when I say a drink, I mean like, oh, I don't know, maybe like 20 drinks and a bunch of chicken wings to go with it. But in this good old fashioned sober pandemic era, drinks are a thing of my past and I have no idea where to get chicken wings. So I guess I'll just go lay down in the crying corner, wide eyed, empty and lost. So just like every other day, I guess. All right, until next time. Well, I'm assuming next week because WandaVision ended, so I have no further plans of doing WandaVision podcast until the next time I see Wanda. So expect yet another brand new episode of the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show, pretty soon. Until next time, you take care of yourself. Toodles!